What is up, world? What is going on? Welcome to another Ankle Biters podcast where we talk college football from a college fantasy football perspective. I am your host, Tony, a.k.a. Farnsworth, and today I am flying solo. Solo, I am all alone, as Donkey said on Shrek. No, I'm all alone, man. I'm flying solo today. My man, 100 Grand Owens, is uh, vacationing. I believe he's in Vegas, gambling his life away. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. He is in Vegas, though, I believe. He's not gambling. No, he's not gambling. But I am flying solo today, and we've got a great episode lined up for you today. We're still in preseason mode, but we're knocking these weeks down one at a time, getting closer and closer. We are now two weeks out. uh, Two weeks out before we get to delve face first into college football. Man, that's what this thing is all about. The greatest sport in the world. There's no comparison whatsoever. You guys already know what it is. I don't have to go into the details. You already know what it is. If you're listening to this podcast, then you know what's up. College football is where it's at. And fantasy, college fantasy football, it's just a cherry on top, man. It's the the icing on the cake. Makes that Saturday even more special and even more precious. Man, like I said, we're in preseason mode. So we're ranking and and we're going through all of uh, the preliminaries and all of those types of things. And so today we're bringing to you top 25 running backs top 25 running backs for college fantasy football not college football we need to get that straight because you're going to rank them different when you're ranking them from a fantasy perspective uh you're going to rank them as far as how relevant they would be uh in regards to generating points so if someone's listening to this and they hear some things that they think are wrong remember fantasy football not regular college football Top 25 running backs for CFF, and then we'll look at some potential breakout stars. I think I've got about 10 of those, and I also think I've got about 10 sleepers, too. So we're looking at 25 running backs. I may throw an extra guy in there because as I'm doing my homework, I forgot about a guy. had to throw him in. had already looked at about 25 other guys, so we may throw him in. We may not, but we said 25, so it may be 26, may may not. We'll see. We'll see where we end up. But let's go ahead and jump into this. Uh, Before we jump into this, (laughs) before we get into it, uh, remember to visit our uh, Twitter page that is at CFF Nation. Hit us up. You can DM us. Let us know. Uh, Matter of fact, nah, I ain't going to even say that. I ain't going to even say that. (laughs) We appreciate all the love, though. We appreciate all the love from everybody. Uh, This is our uh, second season, season number two. For the Ankle Biters Podcast. Let's dive right into this, man. Top 25, number one. Number one, numero uno, we are going with Mo Ibrahim. Mo Ibrahim out of Minnesota, rowing the boat, the Golden Gophers. Said, why not Brees Hall? Man, if, if anything is subjective, it is the top five. I mean, the whole thing is subjective, actually, because nobody's ever, you know, nobody's even taken a snap yet, but you know. This is how we roll. And we're going, uh, we're going with Mo Ibrahim. Why not Brees Hall? Production. Production. 1,000 yards in seven games. Works out to be about 154 yards per game. 15 touchdowns. The O-line returns all five starters. Plus some additional guys. They got quality playing time in 2020. That was enough right there for me to put him at number one. I mean, you can say 1A, 1B. It doesn't matter. Him or Brees, because Brees is going to get the rock, too. We know this to be true. But he's at number two. Brees Hall, Iowa State, number two, 131 yards per game, 21 touchdowns. He played the whole season. Lots of experience returning on the offensive line. Brees is going to do what he does, man. Uh, NFL back. He's going to get that rock constantly and so he will produce you can you I mean you can use those guys so those two guys two guys interchangeably easy number three sincere mccormick no need to go into a lot of detail about this top 10 
We all know who they are. They've been talked about a hundred times over. You've heard stat after stat. You've heard prediction after prediction. So we already know all of everything about these guys. We're just going to rank them anyways. Since here McCormick, right there at number three, consistent back. Uh, again, he's going to get fed. He's going to get the ball consistently. Uh, UTSA, you know, they're going to feed him the ball. He's the focal point of the offense. The offense runs through him. Love his quarterback, Frank Harris. But Sincere is the guy on that team. That is his team as of right now. Number four, I love this guy right here, and I love the coaching change. I think the coaching change helps him even more. Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby out of Auburn, man, the Auburn Tigers. They get rid of Gus Malzahn. In comes Brian Harson. We know his system. Uh, you know, uh, any 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 running back in Brian Harson's system, you you want to target this guy. I mean, I can rattle off a list of Boise State running backs. I had that I had that backfield as a pipeline for a, a long time before anybody in my league figured out. Hey, man, I need to be looking into this but because they just produced Boise State just produced from from Chris Peterson to Brian Harson man they just produced and you've got uh, offensive coordinator Mike Bobo I mean when he was at Colorado State he constantly had fantasy relevant players whether it be wide receiver or running back so this is this is a nice nice combo, uh, com combination man I'm tired nice combination between Brian Harson and Mike Bobo on that offensive side of the football. Number five, which is moving up. This guy, this kid is moving up a lot of people's rankings. He's going up to two and even one. B. John Robinson, the sensational freshman from last year. The guy is very explosive, extremely explosive. This kid is the real deal, and that is coming from a Sooner fan. I don't, I don't talk like that about Texas players, but it is what it is. He is that dude, and... and uh, on anybody else's list, he'd, he'd probably be, he would probably be higher, higher than five. I know I've seen some guys put him at one. Uh, we've definitely seen him at two and three, but we've got him at number five because the QB is unknown right now. They've got the QB battle, the latest news coming out. I believe it was yesterday. Steve Sarkeesian, not impressed with the QBs. Uh, <laughs> Threw the line in there somewhat that uh, they're probably not impressed with them, with themselves either. And that's me uh, paraphrasing that, but that's what I got out of it. So, but again, QB situation is is uh, unsettled. Uh, can the offensive line maintain the level of production that they ended the year with? That remains to be seen. But Bijan is that dude. We've got him at number five. Number six, we've got Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M. Aggies, workhorse back. What more do you want? Jimbo Fisher's system. He's going to feed his running back one. Isaiah Spiller would be a star at the next level also with pretty much all of these guys that I've already named. He's just, I mean, just add him to the list. He's a stud. Everybody knows it. We've got him at number six. Number seven, this guy crept up our list when we began to look at his production last year. Kind of went under the radar a little bit because if conference started late, they're playing out on the West Coast. They don't get a lot of attention as it is because they're playing on the West Coast. Austin Jones, Stanford. Stanford out there in Palo Alto. Another workhorse back. He's going to get the ball 20-plus times a game. He had a TD in four out of six games last year. David Shaw's system run first. Austin Jones fits that system well. He's going to get fed consistently. I believe we uh, we should look more into this guy. I've seen some guys really, really low on him. And uh, again, you know, to each his own. But we've got him at number seven. Number eight, again, another workhorse guy in a system that feeds their running backs. Uh, Xavier Validate, Wyoming Cowboys up there and all of that. Uh <laughs> Uh, elevation or whatever if he's healthy if he's healthy he's another guy that's going to get it 20 plus times a game he's got a nice schedule uh nice non-con schedule also so yeah we look for Xavier and Validate to have a nice year this year moving right along at number nine we have got Eric Gray Eric Gray coming over from Tennessee to my Sooners He's one of the best-kept secrets in college football, I believe. Should be the top dog in Riley's offense. We know Kennedy Brooks is back. 
We're not saying that Kennedy Brooks is being pushed to the side, but we know that Lincoln Riley's offense has the potential to support two running backs, and those uh, two running backs, both of those running backs, would be CFF relevant, an extremely talented back. He should dominate the competition uh, as far as OU schedule. Uh, OU will have the talent edge in every game. So it should be easy pickings pretty much almost every week for Eric Gray. He's coming over from the SEC. So he's seen talent. He's, he's, he's seen fast defenses. So him, him coming over to the Big 12 would be a significant step down when he's looking at the guys on the opposite side of the field or looking at the guys in front of him. So we look for him to have an awesome year. I think he's going to wreck shop this year. Number 10, we've got Brian Robinson. You always got to have an Alabama back somewhere close to the top 10. We know how Nick Saban thinks, even though it seems like he's fell in love with this uh, wide-open offense uh, since Tua did what he did. And Mac Jones coming in and pretty much picking up where he left off. Again, he's the lead back, Brian Robinson, that is, for the Crimson Tide. He steps into this Running back one role, which should produce great fantasy value if he can indeed fend off talented Chase McClellan, the talented freshman who everybody is, not everybody, but a lot of Bama fans and people are raving about. He's great combination of size and speed, that being Brian Robinson. Great combination of size and speed. Uh, could be the next great back for the Tide. Uh, Again, Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator there, what will that thing look like? Uh, will they keep it wide open or will they uh, reel it in closer to the vest with Bryce Young there taking over? We shall see. We shall definitely see. Number 11, we've got Kevin Harris in here, South Carolina Gamecocks. Back surgery should be minor. Expected to be back in week one, I believe. New offensive coordinator. Do they open this thing up and become this fast-paced, wide-open offense? That's a question, a legit question, especially if it affects Kevin Harris. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very productive back for the Gamecocks. Burst onto the scene to the tune of 1,138 rushing yards last year, 15 touchdowns. However, his owners or those that are targeting him in redrafts might have other things to be concerned about with the healthy Marshawn Lloyd and the emerging Zaquandre White looming. If he's 100%, Kevin Harris that is, he should be able to maintain his grip on the starting spot, taking into consideration his experience. But you've got to be mindful of and, and be considerate of those other two guys also, especially Marshawn Lloyd, because he was the guy going into the year uh, last year, he was he was the guy that everyone was talking about. He was going to be the starter, so he is that good. Maybe he steals some carries. Maybe he doesn't. We shall see. Number 12, Ronnie Rivers, Fresno State Bulldogs. Touchdown machine, man. Dual threat guy. He's going to catch it. Did a lot of damage. Granted, it was against the weaker competition in the Mountain West when you look at the schedule. I mean, he lit those guys up, but that's what you're supposed to do if you're going to be that guy. You've got to thump who needs to be thumped or who, <laughs> who's there to be thumped and who you should thump. You've got to thump them, and that's what he was doing. He did, again, a lot of damage against the weaker competition in the Mountain West. I think he should be fine. He uh, used a lot in that offense. He should be better under second-year head coach Kalen DeBoer. The offense looks way better much more explosive, putting up much more points. Uh, he's got to sit him in week one against Oregon, though. Uh, also, he's got a couple of games. He's got a game at, at Wyoming and at San Diego State down the stretch. Uh, when you look at his numbers, he averaged about 21 touches per game, about 21 touches per game, which is always good. You want your starting running backs uh, in college fantasy football to average somewhere between at least 20 and above. I mean, if you can't get about 17 or above, uh, 17 to 25 touches a game, that's about where you want them. Anything more than that is a bonus. 30 touches a game, oh, man, you've got a stud if he's producing. And if they're giving it to him 30 times a game some kind of way, he's got to be producing if he's that much uh, uh, a part of the offense. 
Number 13, man. I was not really high on this guy all last year. Got to looking into the numbers a little deeply. One Letty Brown, West Virginia. Mr. 100 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> this is what I call him. I mean, I say that when he only had 100 yards in half the games he played. However, he was averaging right around 17 points a game, non-PPR league, that is. 17 points a game in 2020. He was just steady Letty. You could call him steady Letty, steady Letty Brown. Another back that can be very active in the passing game. He's not going to give you a ton of explosive plays. I mean, he had a couple last year over 20 yards. I know he had one against Kansas. Uh, I think he had another one. I probably, I think that was probably it. I think he only had like two runs, two plays over 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 20 yards. So he's not that type of ex, uh, explosive back. He doesn't have a lot of explosive plays. At least he didn't last year. But he's pretty much the focal point on that offense. The only one to to be consistent, or the only one with consistent production. You're talking about touches per game. He averaged right at about 23. 23 touches per game, which is probably right where you want to be, which is why a lot of people are high on him. Some people have him in the top 10. Eh, I can't see it. I can't see it. He just doesn't. I, I Maybe it's the I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I, I just wasn't that high on the guy, especially looking at the consensus as far as the the rest of the community. Number 14, man, we're moving right along. Number 14, we have Jerome Ford. Jerome in the house. I say Jerome in the house. Shut your mouth. If you watch Martin, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jerome Ford, Cincinnati Bearcats. Man, I've been waiting on this guy to break loose ever since he transferred from Alabama. We saw Luke Fickle and that staff stay loyal to the guys that were already there because clearly he was better than Jared Dokes. But I understand that. I've seen coaches do that time and time again. I don't have a problem with that. don't have a problem with that at all because when it comes that guy's turn, you're going to like that loyalty. So that's, that, that's cool with me. I think he does break loose in 2021. He's now the lead back in an offense that is loyal to its starter, as I just previously stated. So I expect him to get a hefty workload, hefty workload. Showed some potential in that bowl game against Georgia with that explosive run against the Bulldogs. Took off, outran the Georgia defense, Georgia defensive back. So he's got a couple of games on the front end of the schedule that you might need to be cautious about. Maybe, maybe be cautious about it. Depends on how he looks against Miami of Ohio. But after that, man, he should be good. He should be good. I believe Notre Dame is one of those games. I believe Notre Dame is one of those games. And I think Indiana is the other one. May not be too well. Indiana wasn't a pushover on defense last year. They were a little stingy at times. So we'll see what they look like this year. Number 15, another one of these guys I love. Love this guy, man. Rashad White, Arizona State. When I think of Rashad White, I think versatility. I think versatility, always a threat to take it the distance out of the backfield. The same threat is present in the passing game. Uh, he's added some weight, I believe I saw that. He's added some weight to be able to handle the physicality in between the tackles. Uh, I guess he's wanting to be known more than a home run hitter, which is fine with me. Hey, do your thing, young blood. Do your thing. But they do have to go to Utah, and they do have to go to Washington, Arizona State, that is. But the end of the year is fairly soft. He's got a couple of nice matchups in the playoffs, which is always good. College fantasy football, you always want to pay attention to the playoffs. You want to pay attention to the matchups, but you also want to pay attention to the matchups in the playoffs also. Also, number 16, this little sucker right here, hey, dude's fun. Deuce Viggy, Deuce Vaughn, K-State, a.k.a. Little Stick of Dynamite, a.k.a. Darren Sproles Jr., a.k.a. Little Ankle Biter. This little sucker can ball, man. This little sucker can ball. Another versatile back on our list. Uh, he can do just about anything. Over a 1,000 yards of all-purpose or over a 1,000 all-purpose yards, that is. 
with only 15 touches per game, only 15 touches per game, which means he doesn't have to have it a lot. Just get the ball in his hands, man. This dude is explosive. He makes plays. He has great vision. He knows how to move that ball. He knows how to advance that ball. But the knock on this kid is, is, is probably durability. Not that he's been injured, but his size or lack thereof. The kid is 5'5", 170. That seems to question if he can hold up or not. 5'5", One, uh, five, five, 170. Man, it'll be interesting to see if they increase his volume or if he can produce the same type of results. Not sure if he can produce the same type of results this year, being that he's not a secret anymore. Everybody knows about Deuce Vaughn. So it's going to be interesting to see if they increase his workload, increase his volume, or if they continue to feed him as they did last year, just sparingly. Just sparingly. Number 17, Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. Love this guy. Picked him up early last year as soon as I heard the news. Notre Dame. The only reason why he's this slow is because of the questions on the offensive line. Again, he really broke on the scene, broke onto the scene last season, came out of nowhere as the unexpected starter for the Fighting Irish. I went and picked him up as soon as I heard the news. It paid great dividends. Glad I moved that quick. But coming into 2021, again, they've got some questions. On the offensive line, they're losing four out of five starters. Not only are they replacing those guys, but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker, guys. They're replacing them with inexperience. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this offensive line comes together. Notre Dame always recruits well, but they always schedule. They don't schedule cupcake schedules. Uh, you can't accuse them of that. They'll never be accused of having a schedule that is too soft. That's just not what they do. But they're replacing those guys with inexperience, and they're breaking in a new quarterback, which was just announced the other day, Jack Cohn. Can he make the defense stay honest? Jack Cohn, that is. Can he, can he do that? I understand they're wanting to do some different things with Kyron Williams. They're wanting to get him out of the backfield in the passing game a little bit more, which is great. He's a great receiver out of the backfield, great receiver out of the backfield. Uh, will Chris Tyree push for more playing time? Will he Will he begin to chew into his workload a little bit more than he did last year? But again, if those uh, offensive line question marks did not exist, he would be higher because he is a hell of a player. I mean, I'm, this guy is, a, I mean, he's, he, he, he shocked the heck out of me. Last year, didn't expect him to do all of what he did. Again, came out of nowhere being named the starter. Uh, everybody's looking at Chris Tyree, but this guy, Brian Kelly, was so high on him. Said, hey, he's just done everything we've asked him to do. And he's been the man ever since. Number 18, Tyler Algier, BYU Cougars. Algier tore it up last season. I mean, tore it up last season. 1,100 yards, toting it across pay dirt 13 times. So why is he so low, Tone? Why is he so low? Why is he number 18? The guy had 1,100 yards and 13 touchdowns. Why do you have him at number 18? Or why do y'all have him at number 18? Well, there's a lot of changes that are directly connected to him. He's got a new offensive coordinator. No Zach Wilson, no cupcake schedule. They don't have the cupcake schedule they had last year. Matter of fact, speaking of schedule, they get Utah this year. They get Arizona State this year. They're at Baylor. You say, well, at Baylor, what is that? Hey, it's not Texas State either. They've got Virginia on the schedule. They've got USC on the schedule. So last year's schedule, when you take a look at that schedule, it didn't have a single P5 team on it. Not one P5 team on that schedule last year. Again, it's not their fault. I know that. I understand that. They were willing to play whoever was in front of them. 2020 was, man, we probably won't ever see a year like that again, and I hope we don't. I hope we don't. Uh, I'm glad it's long gone. 
it was just a mess. But I was glad to see college football, so I was rooting for BYU to play whoever. I don't care if they were playing East Popcorn State, the Little Sisters of the Poor. I do not care. I wanted to see some football, and they gave us plenty of football to see. And so I was I was happy for that. And so it wasn't their fault that they didn't play any P5 teams. <laughs> wasn't their fault at all. But this year's different. It's a bit more difficult this year. Could he be higher? Absolutely could be higher. But we need to see what it looks like against stiffer competition before I'm going to ease him up my top 25. Number 19, Chris Rodriguez, Kentucky Wildcats. I initially had this guy higher until I really needed to go and delve into his numbers a little bit more. Uh, so he really came on late last year, which I already knew that. I think sometimes we get enamored with and we get uh, caught up into uh, spurts. We get caught up into flash, a, a nice flash, when a guy gives you a flash of games. Or, you know, sometimes we can get caught caught up into that, and that's the nature of college fantasy football, is because we're looking for the ceiling, and the ceiling is uh, 230 yards, 240, two three touchdowns. Uh, any guy can give you that on any given day, any given week. We have that potential here. It's 130 teams. It's not like the NFL where you've got 32 teams and you know everybody there. You're pretty much happy. You're happy with 100 yards and a touchdown. You're happy with that. Here on, on, on the college side of things, 100 yards and a touchdown, that may be your fourth guy. That may be your fourth guy. So it's a little different over here. And so, you know, sometimes we see that flash uh, of a few games and we get real excited because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the 180 and 2, uh, 150 and 3 on an average. I mean, because that's the potential. Uh, that's the potential that that college fantasy football would bring. And so we can get caught up into that. But he's, he's going to look to continue that level of play. Uh, he's going to get the bulk of the carries this year. We've got a new head coordinator, uh, OC that is, a new offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen. Eddie Grant is gone, who was notorious for running back by committee. But he's gone. And uh, Chris Rodriguez, uh, the Kentucky playoff schedule is just money. I mean, it's, I mean, if this guy is going to be a 25 or see, he didn't do much in the passing game, so about 20 touches a game. If he's getting you about 20 to 25 touches a game, that, that'll be carries in, in, in his world because he's not getting you much out of the passing. Maybe it was Terry Wilson's fault. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he's involved more into the passing game. But, man, I'm telling you, if he's going to be that back, that, that 20 carry a game guy, and he's putting up the numbers that he was uh, at the end of the year, this year, when he gets to his playoff schedule, man, you've got to ride that guy. He's got him. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, his playoff schedule is money. His playoff schedule is money. Number 20, Jerrion Ely, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, offense, uh, uh, Jeff Lebby offense. His value, that being Jerrion Ely, and PPR leagues will skyrocket. It's going to skyrocket with the recent news of him splitting time between running back and slot wide receiver. My issue with him is, will this experiment throw a wet rag on his production as a running back? And if it does, who would benefit from it? Would it be Snoop Connor, Henry Parrish? I know they're high on Henry Parrish. I think I heard a rumor, maybe it was Jerry on saying that they're going to throw Parrish in that slot too. <laughs> when I heard that reminded me of, you know, you've got two sibling boys, <laughs> one being told to do something. He doesn't want to be the only one doing it. And he's going, he's going hey, he needs to be doing this too. <laughs> maybe it was that, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Or, or. The thing about Jerry on, uh, does it make him more lethal as a viable CFF option? Because if he's splitting time and he's still prevalent and he still he still has a prominent role in the backfield, 
that's going to make him more of an option if they're still splitting him out wide in the slot because I don't think there's a linebacker in the SEC or anywhere else that can run with this guy. Uh, they're going to have to put safeties on him and you know, all this weird kind of stuff if he's out there, you know, tearing it up in the slot. We'll see. Number 21, one of my favorite running backs in college, Bryant Kobach. The guy is just a machine. Toledo Rockets. This is this is this is my dude. Another all-around back. He finishes the season, the 2020 season with 750 yards from scrimmage, six total touchdowns in six games. It was a nice combination between rushing and receiving. So he's very active in the passing game as well as the running game. He's had a couple games last year with seven catches. Seven catches. He's averaging about 24 to 25 touches a game. In 2020, the Rockets will have 97% of their production from 2020 suiting up for another year, which is the nation's best 97% returning production. Amongst that production is an offensive line that is returning starters from last year. Get this, starters from last year and starters from 2019 that happened to be hurt or injured in 2020 which should explain Kovacs low yards per carry in a few of those games. He had a like two points, something, three points, something in a couple of those games. Yards per carry were really low. Well, the offensive line shuffle may have something to do with that, but all those guys, you know, accumulated experience. So, you know, he, I mean, he's got all of that coming back. This dude's going to have a big year. He's going to have a big, big year. Yeah. Lots of experience with this O-line, which is spelled CFF, CFF, Success, I believe. Number 22, this guy right here is way higher in probably everybody's rankings except ours. He's he's even top 10 of some guys' rankings. I've seen him go in the second round, uh, as high as the second round. A lot of guys are high on him. We're not, and I'm going to explain to you why. Jameer Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs, Georgia Tech, Yellow Jackets. If these rankings were for PPR, he'd definitely be a lot higher. Now, this kid will undoubtedly be a better NFL fantasy product than CFF. Undoubtedly. Extremely talented. Can do it all. Run, catch, return kicks. At 763 yards from scrimmage in seven games last year. Seven total touchdowns before missing the last few games with a leg injury. This kid is a weapon. He is a weapon, but, but, got to stick that butt in there, hence his number 22 ranking. What surrounds him merits his ranking, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not sold on Jeff Sims yet. I know some people are. I'm not sold on Jeff Sims yet uh, as a quarterback. Um, I'm not saying he's not good. I mean, the, the kid is good. Uh, he's very good. But, uh, He's going to take some of those rushing opportunities from Jameer, who averaged about 14 touches a game. Uh, 14 touches a game. And unfortunately, Jeff Sims is not, he's not going to yield dividends in return from an efficient passing attack. Now, let me explain what I just said. He's going to take some of those rushing opportunities but I don't think he is as he is not as efficient of a passer as he would as he would need to be to return dividends to Jameer Gibbs uh, in the passing game. I don't I don't I don't think of course he's going to dump it off to Jameer a lot. But I'm I'm talking about as far as keeping those guys out of the box, keeping those guys out of the box. I'm not sure if he's there yet. Um, I'm hoping he is. If he is, then Jameer is going to... If he is, then I'm we're, we're, we're way too low on Jameer Gibbs. Way too low. 22 is way too low on him. Because this dude is super talented, uber talented. But Jameer, is, I mean, he also has to deal with two other talented backs vying for carries and, you know, coming back. Too many hands, man. Too many hands, Two other backs, uh, he's going to have to be a lot more consistent 
before I'm in proximity with the rest of the community's rankings. Uh, 14 touches a game is great, but the consist I need him to be more consistent uh, if I'm going to be in step, in lockstep, or even in proximity to the rest of the community's rankings. Number 23, I like this guy too. Another little ankle biter. Demontre Tuggle. Demontre Tuggle out of Ohio, all 5'8 and 185 pounds of him. We got a nice sample size from him last year. He's stepping up and taking advantage of the injured O'Shawn Allison, who was the man the previous year. I can't wait to see what it looks like in a full season. The guy totaled 403 yards and six touchdowns in three games. Had we had a little more to look at, he'd be higher definitely, or maybe not. We shall see. He's got a nice playoff schedule. Uh, to top that off, he's got Bowling Green in championship week. Just thought I'd throw that in there. That incentive alone is almost worth drafting him. <laughs> Bowling Green in Championship Week. Man, I'm telling you, give it to me. I want it. Number 24, Kevin Marks, Buffalo Bulls. Again, this is another guy who's higher, a lot, lot higher than 24. He's not 20 nothing on any uh, rankings that I've seen. Maybe he is somewhere. Maybe he's not. He's top 10 somewhere. Top 10 in, in some guys' rankings. Again, to each his own. They're very subjective. But Kevin Marks, man, we, we, we think he's right about where he needs to be. Uh, according to what we've seen, number 24 for us, after a chaotic offseason, very chaotic offseason, I mean, the guy's in the transfer portal, gets out of the transfer portal, returns to Buffalo. I mean, again, chaotic offseason. What does a guy have left? What does he have left? Lost his head coach. Starting quarterback is gone. He's <laughs> in the league now with my Philadelphia Eagles playing tight end. Uh, he's lost some offensive linemen. This team will look drastically different in production in 2021. They lost a lot. But he has shown himself to be of value in regards to college fantasy football. But now, of course, he's under different conditions under different conditions, so he'll definitely have a chance to prove himself this year. It's just some vastly different conditions. And I just, looking at everything that happened, I can't see myself putting him in the top 10 or even the top 15. I mean, because you think about it, he was the man last year uh, in that bowl game when, when, when Jared Patterson decides to, you know, get ready for the NFL. And he had about 36 carries in I mean, okay. <laughs> what he produced in that game, if I could pull that up, uh, I don't have those numbers sitting right there in front of me. Sitting right here in front of me. Uh, just uh, going off whim right now. But um, Kevin Marks, yeah, that bowl game against Marshall. Again, I know Marshall had a good defense last year. But he carried that ball 35 times for 138 yards. It's about 3.9 yards to carry. Uh, yeah. I mean, you look at the other games. He, I mean, he looked great in those other games. But, again, a, a lot has changed since then. And those changes will be um, – they, they, they will have an impact. They will have an impact, no doubt. Number 25. This guy flew under the radar for a lot of people. Devontae Price, Florida International, Panthers. Finally, we see a fantasy productive back out of the Panther backfield. Butch Jones got on my nerves because he, he was somewhat forced to move away from the dreaded running back by committee approach, and he gave us a viable fantasy option. Uh, I, I believe he was, uh, he was all for... All for the, uh, I'm trying to pull something up real quick. He was all for the running back by committee. All for it. All for it. Let me see. Oh. Butch Davis. Oh, I said Butch Jones. That's Tennessee and... and 
Butch Jones at Arkansas State now. Butch Davis. I'm glad I looked that up. Uh, Butch Davis. It seems like when you're doing podcasts, you know, you forget names. You know these names, but you forget them. Then you struggle to remember names. But then when you're listening to podcasts and other guys are forgetting them and they're struggling to remember, man, you can think of them, I mean, like, like that. You're right there. They're struggling. Like, what was that guy's name? You, I mean, you got it right there. Boom. It was that guy. You're like, man, it's that guy. Say it. Say it. It's that guy. But then when you're doing a podcast yourself, names just elude your memory somehow. Butch Davis is who I'm talking about. Butch Davis. Yes, not Butch Jones. Butch Davis. <laughs> he likes to run it back by a committee, but he was forced to move away from that last year. So, Devontae Price, what does he do? Rushes for over 100 yards in four out of the five games he played. Uh, he did a lot with a light load. Again, Butch Jones still not wanting to just feed the guy. Don't 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 know what that's about. Uh, don't know what that's about at all. Maybe it was Andrew Briner. Maybe it was his fault. I don't know, but I didn't like it. But he did produce though. He did produce. Again, 100 yards in four out of five games. Light workload first couple of games. But then he shows potential to be a productive back with a heavier load. Those last couple of games, he had a heavier load, so they decided to let's go ahead and give it to him a little bit more. He showed that he could be productive with a heavier load at the end of the year, and it was against two of the better defenses in the CUSA, CUSA, as they say, CUSA. Should he get the bulk of the carries in the upcoming season? I think he'll be a top 20 fantasy back, top 20 fantasy back. At the beginning of the show, I mentioned bringing up another guy because I wrote this guy in because there was a guy that I forgot about. Jared Broussard, Colorado. You could say this is 25B. And some people will say, nope, Tone, still 26. Well, whatever. <laughs> tomato, tomato, glass half full, half empty. I don't care. Jared Broussard, man, Colorado buffs. 59180, another one of the smaller but productive backs, most notably for his uh what was that 300 yard game he had. Had a 300 yard game against who was that Arizona woeful Arizona defense defense. I believe that game also marked the end of his streak of 100 yards too cuz he had 100 yards in every game uh prior to that 300 yard game and I think that was his last game going over 100 yards after that. He didn't do that anymore in the year. Uh, uh, it was the first four games he accomplished that. But he was getting a ton of carries. Uh, I think he had about 156 carries on the year. Uh, it works out to be about 26 carries a game, 26 totes per game. Will that change this year? You got Alex Fontenot returning. Uh, is, he, is, 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 is he going to steal carries and opportunities away from Broussard? Um, his size didn't seem to be much of a factor last year as they were feeding that guy. So we'll see. Uh, I think they're going to uh, incorporate Alex Fontenot a little bit more than that offense. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But that's our top 25 right there. That's our top 25 running backs for the 2021 season. It could be uh, it could be it could be moved around. Of course, you can put some guys in there interchangeable. I mean, Greg Bell could have easily been in there. A bunch of guys could have easily been in there. So that's one. The hard thing about college fantasy football is ranking guys. Once you get past that top 10, 15, man, uh, oh man, it gets it gets real sticky. It gets real sticky. Uh, but that's why we love it. That's why we love it because, again, 130 teams. Man, again, there's nothing like it. Potential breakout stars at the running back position. Potential breakout stars. Guys that we believe will break out this year and just tear it up. One Dwayne McBride is going to start off this list. This is not a one through ten. I'm just going to give you some names and kind of give you some info about them. Again, these are not ranked. These guys are not ranked. But Dwayne McBride is one of the first ones that come to mind. UAB Blazers. Guys built like a Mack truck, like 5'11", 220, something like that. He's taking over for Spencer Brown in an offense that loves to run the rock. Dude is a must-add. 
He's a must add. I believe uh, you've got a lot of people drafting this guy, as they should. I believe they should. I mean, I would if I had the opportunity. Uh, seeing what Spencer Brown was able to do over the past three or four years, or how many, however many years he played. Jalen Berger, Wisconsin, Wisconsin running game. What more do you need? What more do you need to? I mean, to hear what what what? I mean, what more do we need to say? Wisconsin running game. He should break the governor of fifteen carries per game. That's about what he had. He was almost like he had a governor on him. Fifteen carries per game. Or maybe that was their way, their way uh, Wisconsin's way. Maybe it was their way of bringing him along uh, in a season that was already so jacked up. But here's what we got to look out for with, with Jalen Berger. Ches Malusi, the uh, Clemson transfer. Ches Malusi, uh, uh, we've got to approach this situation with caution. Again, the former Clemson running back is getting some great reviews out of camp, and this thing might not be over. Just put a beware sign on Jalen Berger. Beware sign on him. Ty Chandler, North Carolina. He's moving into a space where a ton of CFF production was vacated. If he's able to take advantage of this golden opportunity, he should have a breakout. I know he's got some he's got some freshmen over there that some people are high on, but he should he should have a great season if he's able to take advantage of that opportunity. I'll give you another one. Zach Evans, TCU. Uh, I believe the former five-star is poised to show that he is that dude. Uh, he's running guys off of campus. Guys are in the transfer portal running, <laughs> going to other places. But he's got to have the opportunities, though. You look at his, his carry production and his usage, Doug Meacham has to give him the ball if he's going to establish himself as a top CFF option. Meacham's got to give this guy the ball consistently, though. Consistently. Here's another one. Tyler Beatty. M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Missouri Tigers. Tyler Beatty. I mean, what's not to like about an Eli Drinkwitz offense? Some people in the SEC call him Drinkowitz. Eli Drinkowitz. <laughs> What's not to like about this guy's offense, man? When he was at App State, uh, uh, before App State, when he was at North Carolina State, uh, offensive court at North Carolina State, then he goes to App State as the head coach, uh, Ed Honcho. What's not to like about his offenses, man? This guy produces, man. He produces, especially if you're his starting back. His history is to feed that running back one. Beatty seems to be talented enough to produce. I look for him to break out this year. I look for him to break out this year. Another guy, I like this guy. I like this guy, and so does the coaching staff. Oscar Attaway, North Texas. Uh, again, I like this kid, and so does the coaching staff. They're talking him up all the time. He pretty much came in and took over the Mean Green's backfield last year. So it's his job now, even with DeAndre Torrey still there. Uh, the other running back, uh, see, that's what I was talking about earlier. I can't think of his name. As soon as I hear somebody else talking about SMU running backs, I will think of his name immediately. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to have to pull it up because it's going to make me mad. DeAndre Torrey is still there, uh, but I'm looking, for, I'm looking for Oscar Attaway to have a big season. I'm looking for Oscar Attaway to have a big season. Come here, SMU. Well, fan tracks don't even have him on here yet. Well, that just makes me even more mad. Anyways, next up on the list, Chris Smith, University of Louisiana. I've had a share in this backfield for the past few years. Uh, whether it be Elijah Mitchell or Trey Regis or both. I had both in our home league, kept them the whole time, liked it. Billy Napier has proven to produce multiple fantasy options at the running back position. We've seen this with him. No different here as a workload has never been an issue. People are worrying about, he's not going to get it 20 plus times. He doesn't have to. He does not have to. Again, Billy Napier's system, that offense has produced CFF gold. 
from the running back position without giving it to him 25 times a game. He doesn't have to have it 20 times a game, 25 times a game. He doesn't need that in that system. So that, I mean, workload has never been an issue for those guys since Billy Napier got there. He's got incredible speed, so he's always a threat to take it the distance, always a threat for a house call. Uh, I think he's going to get down this year, Chris Smith. I, 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 I think guys are overlooking him, and I think he he probably should be going in second, third round. Maybe, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I want to, I want to, this guy, I think he's going to, I think he's going to kill this year. Look out for Chris Smith. Britton Brown is next on our list. UCLA Bruins, the question is did he kick the CFF door down with that 200-yard display against Stanford? Was that the last game of the 2020 season? That's the question. Positive reviews have come out of camp. I don't know how much of a threat Zach Charbonnet is after he did get beat up by Hassan Haskins. My money is on Britton Brown. Britain British Britannica Brown. <laughs> My money is on him to lock up that starting spot in Chip Kelly's backfield, man. Let me give you another guy. Frank Gore Jr. Breakout. Breakout, potential breakout candidate. Southern Miss, Golden Eagles. Another ankle biter. <laughs> Started off slow a season ago. But he began to assert himself as a force though as he went through the year. It's his backfield now. He's the man. He's the guy. I look for him to increase the success that he ended with in 2020. Another guy that I mentioned earlier, uh, potential breakout star. I'll put him down as a breakout star for a reason. Greg Bell, San Diego State. Again, Greg Bell. I was hesitant to add him as a breakout star, and he's going to be the last one on here. I was hesitant to add him as a breakout player because of how he started the season. He started the season lighting it up. But, uh, again, he was having a tremendous season. Four games in, I mean, we saw where this was going. We saw where it was going looking at those four games. He gets hurt in the fifth game against Nevada. I remember watching that game. I remember watching the play because I had him in my starting lineup, some type of ankle injury. He wasn't never the same. He was never the same. He had a total. Uh, what was his total? His total was 28 carries. Let me look at these numbers. 28 carries in those next three games combined. Next three games, he had 28, uh, 28 carries in those games. When before, he was averaging about 21 carries per game in the previous four games. It wasn't the same. So he didn't get a chance to finish strong in an already truncated season. The season was already truncated. Uh, so if he remains healthy... If he remains healthy, I'm looking for him to possibly be a top 10 to 15 college fantasy football running back. Top 10 to 15, easy. Because if you look at what he was doing at the beginning of the season, before he got hurt, we saw what was happening. We saw what was going on. and We saw what was about to continue to go on before he gets hurt in that Nevada game. But that's about 10 sleepers right there. Do with it what you want. Do with it what you want. Uh, let me give you 10 sleepers, some watch list guys. Some guys you need to have on your watch list. At least I believe you need to have on your watch list. You need 10 of them. Again, this is not in order. They're not ranked. I'm just give you 10 names. Chase Brown. Illini, Illinois, fighting Illini. Brett Billima loves to pound the rock. We know that. Yes, Mike Epstein is back. Chase Hayden needs to get somewhere and sit down. But he's there as well. 
but they seem to like Chase Brown. You see that in the spring game. You've heard the coaches say that. So he'll be someone to keep an eye on. Keep an eye on Chase Brown. Next up, we've got Bobby Cole. I like this dude, man. New Mexico. New Mexico, this kid had been waiting patiently behind, I think it was Larry Rose. The Thoid finally got the chance to shoot his shot last year. Looked good when he finally got in. I think he showed the coaching staff that he's capable of being the guy. I've got Bobby Cole as a sleeper. Next, we're looking at Sean Tucker. Syracuse. Orange men. Dino Babers isn't known so much for his running game, but Tucker made his presence felt a season ago. I think he should be looked at as a potential spot guy. Maybe even more. But at least a potential spot guy. At least I think that. Sean Tucker, Syracuse, Orange men. Reese White, guys. Another guy. Reese White. Coastal Carolina is uh, thought to be the guy moving into the moving in to fill the void uh, that C.J. Maribel left. It certainly looks that way. The schedule is cake. The schedule is money. Sweet. The schedule is sweet. And so he has the potential to take advantage of it if given the opportunity. I think Reese White is someone to pay attention to. Next on the list, we've got Kalen Griffin from Rice. Yes, Juma Otoviano is still there. Still hurt, as usual. Griffin was there to get the bulk of the carries. Uh, had a poor yards per carry average. But we generally don't care about that in fantasy. We don't get points for yards per carry. As long as they're producing fantasy points, hey, you can you can you can you can roll with me. You can ride with me. I want you on my squad. But I mean, sometimes it's something to look at because we know the coaching staffs looking at it also. But they like this dude. They like Kalen Griffin. I mean, they 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 really like him. Said uh, uh uh oh, I forgot his name. Not Seth Latrell. That's North Texas. I forgot Rice's coach's name. But they like Kalen Griffin. They like him a lot. And so, again, the coaching staff, I mean, they're always talking him up. Yeah, he started in the spring game, had a nice outing for whatever that's worth. You know, some people take a, uh, put a lot of stock into the spring game. Some people don't. But for whatever that's worth, he had a nice game in the spring game, really nice game. I think he went over 100 yards and he had a touchdown, maybe two. Or maybe it was just one. I don't know. I remember. It was a while back. I think he's worth a watch list. I think he is. Another guy we're going to look at, Daenerick Prince from Tulsa. Golden Hurricanes right up the way, about an hour and a half from me. Uh, the A&M transfer really made a name for himself in a limited role last year. He's looking to be the guy this year, even with Shamari Brooks returning from injury. What will Shamari Brooks look like? He's been there for about nine years. So I don't know what he's going to look like. But I still think Prince is the guy to own in the Tulsa backfield. It's my opinion. And we'll see what happens. I like L.D. Brown, Oklahoma State. I like L.D. Brown. There's so many options here. And Gundy's running back one, his RB1 is always one to target, which makes this situation a bit foreign. Because the running back position at OSU is always somehow established going into the year. So this is different. This is different. You kind of already know that guy because, you know, he's the guy, you know, uh, 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 spelling the, the, the start of the previous year. You kind of know that already. Gundy's got kind of got that history, so we really didn't have to wait. Really didn't have to wait. Those, those guys have always... Uh, established themselves a year before. Somehow, some way, you saw it. So it's the it's it's the unknown aspect of this situation that makes this a sleeper pick. I think L. D. Brown comes out comes out as the guy this year. I do. Uh, Gundy has mentioned. I've heard him mention 
He's going to spread the ball around. But I, I, I would believe that when I see it. Because he's got so many options. I mean, he does. And that's what he was talking about. Uh, they've got so many capable guys. He's wanting to spread the ball around. He really didn't want to give it to a guy 30 times a game. He wanted to give it to him 10, 12 uh, carries a piece. Nah, man. No, sir. Stop that. Don't mess up this 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 uh, pipeline. Don't don't mess up this gold mine. This uh, uh, what 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 Eric Froden would say, honey hole. Don't do that, man. Leave that alone. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Moving right along. Mayan Williams, a.k.a. Meatball. Meatball is what they call this guy. Ohio State Buckeyes, they call him Meatball. 5'8", 227. He's rocked up, though. He's not fat. He was fat when he came in, but the guy's rocked up now. So there's, there, there's, there's quite a bit of chatter coming out of Columbus about him. Uh, there was some talk pre-camp, some, some fans and, and some of the Ohio State guys uh, were, were, were pretty high on this guy. I mean, he, now he's taking first-team reps in fall camp. Uh, how long does it last? That remains to be seen. Don't know how much stock you can put into that. Again, don't know how long that lasts, but as of right now, he's taking first-team reps. Uh, I think he's definitely something to keep an eye on. That situation, definitely something to keep an eye on because... It doesn't seem like people are high on Master T. They've got Travion Henderson already pegged as a starter by week five, six, whatever. Um, and sometimes we have to take these things with a grain of salt because if you've been, uh, if you've had your ear to the ground where, where college football is concerned, mainly college fantasy football is concerned for a while, you see this frequently. They're going to do the same thing next year. People are going to do the same thing next year. They do it all the time. The guys who they are pushing, trying to push out now for the hot freshman, they were doing that for that guy last year. You see it every year. You see it all the time. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a hot rod of a freshman that comes in the Ohio, uh, Ohio State next year if Travion Henderson does turn out to be the guy and they're trying to push him out for the new guy, for the new shiny toy. You see this a lot. But, I mean, he may be that guy. But it does seem like, I mean, as a consensus, not a lot of people are high on Master T for whatever reason. I mean, some people, I've heard some of their guys say he doesn't, he doesn't hit the hole. He doesn't find that hole. Uh, I guess Meatball does. <laughs> Mayan Williams. So, again, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Let's look at Treland Smith, Arkansas. Razorbacks. Not very big, but a tough little player. He's a tough little player. You'll need to be that. Uh, if you're going to be running the ball for Sam Pittman, he's already stated multiple times he wants to be a physical team. Uh, he was hit and miss last year, Treland Williams was, Treland Williams. Hit and miss last year. Uh, but I think he'll be more consistent this year uh, being the featured back. I think he'll be more consistent. Last but not least, we're going to finish this thing with Darius Boone Jr., Eastern Michigan Eagles. The Eagles are looking for someone to step up in the running game. Boone Jr. looked to be the guy last year. He had a nice outing against Western Michigan, at Western Michigan that was, before he got hurt in the very next game. But that one game, he seemed to reveal some potential. But of course... We'll need to see some consistency, uh, but I've got him as someone that we probably need to pay attention to because I think Preston Williams is going to need some help uh, running that offense. It's a nice offense, though, but you know they should get more help from the run game, and I think Boone Jr. is probably going to be that guy. So that's it, guys, for this week. We've got our top 25 running backs plus one. We looked at potential breakout players at the running back position, and we also looked at sleepers. So we gave you about, what is it, about 45 players, 46 players today to go and look at. If you're drafting, if you're redrafting in your dynasty leagues, if you're deep enough, some of these guys are probably only for deep dynasty leagues. But that's what you should have if you're playing college fantasy football. Again, 130 teams, you should have a deep league. 
you can't be having this NFL roster stuff, this this one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end kicker defense, and about nine bench players. That's not fun. Don't torture your league like that. Don't torture them with four points per passing touchdown either. Don't torture them with that either. Open that thing up. <laughs> I'm going to get off my soapbox. I've got friends that do four-point passing touchdowns. <laughs> I'm going to get off of it. Until next time, I'm out.